Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now your host, Ace. Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace and Emily. What up? What up? What up? What up? What up? Hey, everybody. We are here. Well, I need it on time. Thursday. I actually, woke night up. recording this during uh, Thursday night football, watching the La Rams, as my father correctly picked them to. Uh, to beat him down on the Saints. Hopefully, you were paying attention to dad picks when it came out on Tuesday. And you put that money Good on pick. because they're up by 13 in the middle of the third quarter. Look at the heat is solid. on. Yeah, and the line started out at four. So they're they're easily covering this right now. For real for real. It's probably the live I would I would want to know what the live looking. The live looking is probably oh. 12 and a half. It's probably like 15 right now. Saints are getting uh 10 points right now. Oh, I jump on that now because they're not coming really? back. Jump on they're that. Score? They're not oh. going to score. No, no, no. I mean, jump on that for the on the Rams side. So oh, not yes. Gonna say, no, yeah, stay on that. <laughs> Just double down. <laughs> you only give me – think about it. You were only giving four at the start of the game, so you just go ahead and take that, right? You should have – if you put that money in, if you listen to okay. G-Daddy, you put that money in on Tuesday or whatever, Yeah. you were only giving four, Yeah. right? Now – the Rams have the ball up 13. Yeah, so that last driving, run. And yeah. they're driving, and Kyron Williams is cooking these dudes. So if it's if the live look is 10, they're going to go – they're about to go up 20. Okay. <laughs> and hey. the Saints can't score. So, well, you know what? I hope you're mashing that bet now, bud, because uh, the odds might be changing on you. Malik's telling you to split those 10s and throw some more money on the second card. Throw some more money in it, yeah. Basically. Never bad advice when you're on a heater. You keep going. Exactly. I will tell you that. Look at this dude. He's just like just carrying his team there. Okay. <laughs> Are y'all looking yeah. forward to either? Oh, NBA Christmas coming up. This will be our last show. Uh, we will not have a show, obviously, on Monday or Tuesday coming out for y'all because Christmas is on Monday. And uh, like most human beings across the planet, we will be taking a break. Hopefully, y'all will be taking a break, too. Spending time with your families, watching a movie, playing video games or something. So off top, I just want to let y'all know we ain't going to be around. So I know y'all used to listen to my lovely voice uh, two days a week. So it'll only be one day next week if we get up for Thursday. I hope. Oh, touchdown. And they're in the end zone. <laughs> I think that's, you know, I think that's what Malika and G-Dad was saying earlier, you know, yeah. better put that money on. <laughs> hey. And, and rush, it, rush to the polls. Get some more Christmas money. Some more New Year's money. I will say it is weird having games on like four different days. I'm just realizing this. The Thursday games are never going away. I enjoy Saturday football. If the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't starting uh, Mason Rudolph, I would be looking forward to that game. That's not his name. Is it Mason Rudolph? Yeah. yeah. If they weren't starting him, I'd be looking forward to the Cincinnati game. But right now, that looks pretty trash, even though they're playing in Pittsburgh. Don't sleep on Cincinnati. I'm not. I think they're going to beat the shit out of them, basically. And then the Bills Chargers is only streaming on Peacock. So for everybody overseas, uh, I don't know what illegal stream y'all going to download to watch that. But um, if you're a Bills fan, enjoy because that's a guaranteed victory. Just get Peacock for free, you know, and then cancel it. (laughs) I know. I heard they got promo codes going around. You get it for uh, 30 bucks for the whole year, which is kind of nice. So they're giving people $20. Definitely do that because you can get that, you can watch that Fresh Prince thing then. 
Fresh Prince, and I'm a big SNL fan. Kate McKinnon crushed it last week. That was really good. I'm not going to lie. Who do you guys think is the best NBA team right now heading into Christmas? Well, let me Google that. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go by records, right, the T-Wolves so are surprisingly the best team in the conference. The best, they're the best team in the West. Yeah. Um, and Boston is the best team in the East. So, I mean, if you want to look at it from that perspective, you know, that's where you're trending. But I would say, like, right now, the team that's playing, that's the hottest team in the NBA right now has been the Clippers. Um, they've yeah. won, they've won nine straight. Um, ever since they traded for James Harden, you know, it started out that first week or two of, you know, after the Harden trade, they were kind of, you know, figuring, I guess they were figuring things out. But over the last three weeks, you know, they've won, you know, they've won nine in a row. And it's not like they've just, they played bad, bad competition every week, you know, every night. Um, they played some pretty good competition, uh, including our Knicks, you know, along the way. Um, and they, they've played well and they, they, I think they, yeah, they beat Dallas, uh, last night they played Dallas and they beat Dallas and Dallas was a really good team, you know, running up until that situation. So, um, I would say right now, if I had to put my money on uh, any team in the West, uh, I like what the Clippers are doing. They're healthy and they're playing some really good ball um, at this point in time. Um, on the East side, Boston has been consistent. Um, if you just yeah. watch, you know, they've been really consistent all the way through. They're still undefeated at home. They have not lost a game in Boston Garden, which is crazy to say. Um I think they're the only team right now that's un- still undefeated at home. Yeah, they're the only team in the NBA that's still undefeated at home. Um, they're mid, they're 500 team on the road, which is something that they're going to have to figure out because they are going to have to win road games in the, in the playoffs. But um, as far as their, their their situation right now, you know, they are just starting to get into that groove that you need to get into 30 games into the season, you know, reacclimating their players into their system, you know, reacclimate, you're acclimating guys like Porzingis, uh, Drew Holiday. Um, you know, they lost, they obviously lost Grant Williams. They lost a couple of pieces over the course of the, the off season. Well, they didn't lose now. Him. They traded. Well, they, they let him go. Him. Right. But I mean, like just, just, you know, with all of the roster turnover that they've had now going into the second season under, you know, coach Missoula, um, they look like, they're they're hit their groove and they are leaps and bounds above pretty much everybody else. I mean, in the East, it's it's pretty much a three team race right now. Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers are all within a, a game or two of each other. Four teams, and then four teams. Else is... Four teams. Well, don't forget if, about the Knicks. If by the fourth team you're saying the Orlando Magic because they're actually they're actually nope. points better than the Knicks right now. The New York um, Knicks. That, that that's because they've played one less game. So as just yes. just wait, the Orlando Magic will lose their next game. Well, they've lost three in a row. They've lost right. three in a row. They're trending downward, but um, right now they're the fourth seed. The Knicks are the fifth seed in the, in the East. I'd like so to I'm, point I'm, out. I'd love to talk you know. about the Knicks, but I you, you said who are the best teams? No, that's what oh. I'm saying. I'm saying the best teams right now: Celtics, Bucks, Sixers in the East, and in the West, Minnesota. Um. Denver and OKC are in there, but I say Minnesota and the Clippers right now. I like OKC. They can run with anybody, but they're not big enough to challenge Minnesota. 
And this Twin Towers thing is really working out for Minnesota and shockingly. Anthony Edwards, aside from his off-the-court issues, handling things, how he did, talking to people like that, he's balling. He's bringing it. Uh, Golden State is at the bottom of their division. They're the only team in that division with a losing record. That's tough. They legit don't look like they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not here to throw dirt on them, but, like, I don't see how they come back. Dallas being ahead of New Orleans, kind of an upset. I thought, I thought um, you know, big man would have did more by now, Zion. But I like Sacramento still. I think in the long run, Sacramento's youth is going to help them over the Clippers. And they defend a little bit better. But Denver actually said last year that Minnesota was their toughest series. And I think it was because of all of the size and the way that they play defense. So if Ann Edwards gets a little bit better, I think Minnesota could actually go to the NBA Finals. I know it's super early, but I agree with you there. Milwaukee's looking like the super team that they were. Cleveland is fading due to the injuries. They're going to be out without uh, Mobley for the rest of the year, or at least like 40 more games they're expecting them to be out. So that's not too surprising. But honestly, Philadelphia is doing much better than I thought. After they traded Harden, I did not see this working out as well as it has for them. Maxi is whooping ass. My man is um, doing the damn thing, and it seems like they got better just by getting rid of Harden. I don't know what picks or assets they got in return, but being able to move him and the fact that Harden is flourishing in L.A. says a lot. And, you know, maybe my man's right. Maybe he is the system. He is the system. Well, they did, they did give up. They did get a lot back in return in terms of they got draft capital, but they also got, you know, a number of rotational guys that they could add to to the group there in Philly. Um, it's obviously proven to be a win-win uh, for both teams. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that this the Sixers uh, run is surprising to me because, I mean, Joel Embiid is still Joel Embiid, right? He's still top one, two, three in terms of, you know, players in the NBA, you know, regardless of whatever your list is, he's in the top three. That's and nice. then, yeah. you know, Maxi with just, if you watched any of Tyrese Maxi over the last maybe two seasons, you know, a lot of what people on the, you know, fans of like the Knicks have said about like Emmanuel quickly, you would say the same thing about Tyrese Maxey. If you just gave him the time and the space and the minutes and the opportunities, he could give you, he could be an all-star caliber player. Um, and so now he's got that and he's doing it. So I would, honestly, on the flip side of this, like I would say the biggest surprise to me is how bad the how bad some of these teams have been like you knew the pistons were going to be bad but when the pistons hired monty williams to be their head coach you know with his cachet and his and, and like they gave him all that money to be the head coach head of basketball everything you know it, it, it was supposed to be like this resurgence for the team they've lost 25 in a row like yeah. that's hard to do if you're trying like like it's you know, they're they're creeping up on I think they're creeping up on the record, if I'm not mistaken. I think the record is twenty-six or twenty-seven uh consecutive losses. So they're creeping up on the record. So the fact that like they're this bad after having all of those draft picks in the top, you know, four or five of the of the of the NBA draft over the last few years, 
guys are they're relatively healthy. It's not like Cade Cunningham's not playing, you know. So the fact that they're this bad, and then even like San Antonio, Wembenyama has been good. He's been solid. I wouldn't even say he's been good. He's been solid. He's played great. But he's not impacting winning. You know, weird. for all the talk about comparing him to, you know, some of the great, you know, players that came before him who directly impacted him. Because even though LeBron's team didn't make the playoffs, didn't make the playoffs in his first his rookie year, mm-hmm. they were they were they were much better. Like once you get to me, it's like this. Once you get a LeBron James, once you get one of these these, you know, difference making players. You don't pick in the top three for the for the, the vast vast duration of their career. The way things are trending right now, San Antonio may get the first pick again, which is crazy to say. Yeah, because Wembenyama well, should now, be making a difference there. They have, you know, it's crazy. Speaking of Detroit, you know, Detroit started two and one. Yeah, and then lost twenty five slots, twenty five straight. Exactly. 24 straight games. Oh wait, no, that's the same streak. That's no, they won. They were one and one, and they won one. Yeah, that's 25 straight games. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty sorry. Uh, Miami is scaring me because they're still hanging around. They're four games above 500, but I legitimately believe the Knicks are going to be the four seed this time, and they were not last year. Them beating Brooklyn last night the way that they did let me know that this team is much better than they were last year. Offensively and defensively, because they took it to Brooklyn and they made that look easy in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm, I'm just been there I'm, in four years. I'm just a little afraid of what they're going to be going down the stretch defensively with Mitchell Robinson not being able to come back for the whole year. They won't have a shot um, blocker, but like I like Hard- um, I like Hardenstein might have been who's that. The rookie, not the rookie. I'm sorry, he's been there like three, four years now. Um, oh, um, Sims. Jack- Sims, yeah, I called him. I called him Jackson Hayes. Him and Jackson Hayes are interchangeable. Though Jackson Hayes is on the the Lakers now. Jericho Sims. Yeah. Um, I don't but know what's going too. on with Mo Bamba, but if the Lakers are willing to trade him because they're not playing him at all, I would be like, let's see what we could do to go get him. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 some I, rotational I, minutes, and he's a seven footer who can shoot too. You know, Tibbs just brought back Taj Gibson. You know, as he as he as he normally does. Um, yeah, I, I just my, my feelings on the Knicks are I gotta see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Maybe if they make a move to bring in another center or something along those lines, even if it's you know a high priced guy who's on the last year of his deal that they can just bring in. Because I I really think that Hartenstein is probably the best backup center in the NBA, but you're going to wear him down. Um, really fast as a starter, full time starter. Um, two things I want to oh, I want to talk about Christmas Day real quick. Two things I want to point yeah. out: the Lakers are plus one hundred five hosting the Celtics at home at the five o'clock game on ABC, and then the Knicks are only getting three and a half points against the Bucks, who are one game back of having the best record in the East. They're twenty and seven, and the Knicks are at home. Uh, I believe in the Knicks, but that feels kind of wild that we're only getting three and a half points. That's right now. And wow, the 76ers are getting points on Christmas Day against the Heat. 
wow, I would jump all over that. It's one and a half, but even still. So if you just think, yeah. if you just think that the Sixers are going to win, they're plus one hundred five. I just want to point that out. Oh yeah, take I, take them now because I I don't think they should be plus money on. I, I don't think they should be plus money straight up. Yeah, I haven't been watching it that much, but wow. And Denver is minus five and a half against the Warriors on on uh, Christmas. Sounds about right. They're they're at home. The Warriors have yeah. Them. That's the noon game and um in the mountain state in Denver there for the defending champions. They're going to beat the brakes off of them. It's a national yeah. TV game, making that man work on Christmas. And he hates, he hates working. Well, Draymond ain't working. Jokic. Yeah. I'm wondering when is he going to, you know what, when, and this is something you can weigh in on. When do you think they're going to let Draymond even come back and play? Half past never. <laughs> they got they got milking those nice little memes. You know, last year it was what's the name with the guns. This year is what's the name throwing people around. I don't know if I've been seeing those two K memes where they show them choking people, players out and tossing yes. them on the ground doing wrestling moves. All those things is awesome. But I I said I said they might give it up maybe like around maybe a month or two. Then might try to squeeze it back in. Okay, okay. So wait, he's not going to be back even. So he's not going to be back until January is what you sound like. Right, I say maybe about the end of maybe about the end of January. Do you think it'll be back February? before the All Star break, which is like right before, right after um, Valentine's Day, like middle? Of yeah, February. I think they, I think they're trying to sneak him in around that time because everything would be died down a little bit, whatever things might blow over. They are so sorry. Like they really missed on James Wiseman. He is so bad. He's one of the centers not doing anything in Detroit. I thought the Knicks would be like, oh, we take a flyer on him. It's like, no. Now nah, we're good on that. All right. Back to the NFL and back to these games. And if you listen to Malik and you live bet that, um, actually, we're not live, so you can't live bet it. But for everybody who was listening, jump on that. Uh, man, I hope y'all did. Yep. That would have been Rams are 20 and they're driving again. <laughs> and I hope y'all took the over on that game. Yo, I just put, yeah, I put 10 on the Rams. 10 dimes, as uh, <laughs> as the mad dog would say. Doggy, doggy. All right, we're going to get into these picks right now. And we are back for our NFL picks. Malik, you were about to say something. I told you to hold it. For yeah, me. yeah. No, I was just gonna say, you know, this is as a, as a Lions fan, and and all my Lions fans are listening to listening to me right now. If you're watching the game tonight, this game, this game, watching this game tonight is equal parts, you know, satisfying and absolutely devastating, or potentially devastating. And here's why. The Rams currently hold the seventh seed in the playoffs. They're currently the seventh seed in the NFC. The Detroit Lions, currently the third seed mm. in the NFC. Oh, yeah. So you know what that means, people, good people? It, it means that if the Lions were to get the two seed or if the Rams were to get the sixth seed, then that would mean that the Detroit Lions' first playoff game at home after winning the division 
would be against one Matthew freaking Stafford. The first time we the division in 30 years, and our first game is against the now Super Bowl winning, damn near MVP level playing Matthew freaking Stafford, who would who knows who we wouldn't get like we wouldn't get uh 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 New Orleans here. That's kind of why we really wanted New Orleans to win this because it's like at least if New Orleans gets in, like New Orleans, we beat New Orleans this year. <laughs> yeah. Stafford has Stafford knows Ford Field like like I mean he knows Ford Field better than Jared Goff. Like he like this is would they boo like, him? Stafford has mortgage no. there. Would this be the ultimate revenge game for Stafford or the ultimate revenge game for the Lions if they beat him? This is like the worst case scenario. If there was one team I did not want to have to face, it's the Rams. The Rams. Not, not because of how good they are, because they are really good, right? But yeah. not because of how good they are, but because of the whole Stafford coming home situation. And like I wanted to get... Like, trust me, I wanted to get Green Bay. I wanted to get Minnesota. I just, I want anybody, anybody else. I don't want this guy. And you know, the media will be milking that all week, right? Happen. If that happens, you could lose it, to Minnesota this week and throw that game, not have to draw them. Good, good. Doesn't sound Likely. like it. But we get to the pitch. Yeah, I Let's doubt go. it. We're gonna start with the two Saturday games. We got the Cincinnati Bungles at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are getting two. <laughs> Steelers are getting two and a half points at home. They're the home underdog, and the over-under is 38. And who do you got? Well, the push for Tomlinson, Tomlinson out the door is continues through the media, but I'm going to I'm gonna have, have to go with Pittsburgh on this one. I just decided to switch up the last second here. I'm going to take Pittsburgh and then take the under, and that's going to be my first pick of the, of the night. The switcheroo on you, Ace, because I know you pick right. a Cincinnati. I'll say this real quick. If you blink, Jake Browning looks a lot like Joe Burrow these past couple of games. Uh, you, we'll so see after that pass rush. Their defense is playing well. Mike uh, Hilton is killing it. Pittsburgh's defense is not getting as good of a rush. I do not know why. Cincinnati's offensive line is finally gelling with a backup quarterback, and I believe Cincinnati's going to win this game, and I think it's going to be the over. Um, they're starting Mason Rudolph, which gives me no hope for the Pittsburgh Steelers in their offense. The fact that he's playing over Stafford, I mean Stafford, the fact that he's playing over Trubisky is just kind of sad for Trubisky. I thought it was a shot to like stick around in the league for another five, six more years, make some more cash as a backup, secure like a $10 million deal or something, but it is what it is. Who do you got, Malik? The Steelers lost to the New England Patriots Correct. and the Arizona Cardinals Correct. two consecutive weeks. This is a yeah. bad Steelers team. And that was before they got smoked by the Colts last Saturday, a week ago. Um, I think it's interesting that they're playing on two Saturdays. But like they, they didn't flex this game out to a Sunday. Like The Steelers are playing two consecutive Saturdays. It's interesting. Um did you guys see the uh, the George Pickens non-block, yes. block, non-block? Yes, it was very reminiscent <laughs> like of whole, what Chase Claypool did. That whole fiasco, yeah, it's something's just not right in Pittsburgh right now. Something is it just weirdly. 
I mean, I think it's more than just being upset, like as a team. Like it just feels like this team is fracturing, you know, uh, from the inside out. And and we know that the Roonies and you know their family is not known for firing head coaches. And so I think you know for the most part, I think Tomlin's job should be secure, especially if he's able to win these next two games and um, you know continue to keep them in the playoff hunt. Um, <clears throat> Cincinnati's Cincinnati's a weird team. But the last time these two these two teams played, not I mean what like a month ago, yeah. And, and uh, Pittsburgh beat them in Cincinnati. So this game's in Pittsburgh. I just think they find some resolve and figure out a way to to beat Jake Browning and the, and the Cincinnati team, the Cincinnati team that's still reeling a little bit and get the victory. The fact that they are at home, they're a home dog here. I like them. I'll take it. I'll take Pittsburgh and the under in this game. And I think it might even trend. I think I think the number right now, I believe, is at two and a half. Yes. Pay attention to this one because it might trend up with with the Mason Rudolph decision. So it might trend up, or you might start get you might get another half a point on this one if you if you uh, if you wait it out. So if you're going to bet it now, two and a half, great. But I think if you waited until maybe Saturday morning, it might get to three. If y'all are Pennsylvania and Ohio, and I know y'all are, go down to that sportsbook early in uh, Pittsburgh or at. Uh, Cincinnati Red Stadium, get that bets in. Next up, we got Buffalo at the LA Chargers, who really should move back to San Diego because they don't even have fans coming out no more. Feel bad for them. They're going to be playing in that giant cavernous stadium in LA. Ant, who do you got? The Bills are favored by 12 and a half points. The over under is 44. I'm going with the Bills on this one because the Bills are making that magical run here. And, Coy, I'm taking the Bills and I'm taking the over. I'm just going to keep taking the Bills throughout the whole time. So put that in as my first lock of the week. I hear you. I think the uh, warm weather is going to mess up the Bills. They're going to get up to a slow start. And the Chargers are going to have a dead cat bounce, as they say, because they fired their head coach. Maybe they'll be a little bit more motivated because now they know they're playing for their jobs for next year on this team. And into the future, if they end up on other teams, they end up becoming free agents. Austin Eckler's a free agent. He's going to try to go off. Um, I don't know how well it's going to go for them. But everybody's basically playing for their careers right now. Chargers aren't going to win, but they are going to cover. They lose by a touchdown and a field goal. So they're going to cover by two and a half. Backdoor cover. You have to believe me. Before I make my pick, Ace, I have a question for you. Yep. Who is Easton Stick throwing this ball to? Uh, he is throwing it to Gerald Everett. He is throwing it to Tyler Higby. And he is throwing it to Hig- Higby's Brooklyn. on the Rams. Yeah, Higby is a Ram. He's Higby not on the Chargers, so he can't oh, throw sorry. the Chargers. He can't throw the Tyler. He's throwing it to Gerald Everett. He's throwing it uh-huh. to Josh Palmer, and uh-huh. he's throwing it to Quentin Johnson. Okay, you thought you were going to get me there. I stay ready. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. I, 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 that, no, no that was he's checking that it down was not a lot right. to Austin Eckler. A lot. That was not my my intent was not to stump you on that. Oh, okay. My intent was to say that none that. of those. <laughs> no, the, the the combination of those three, those three or four uh, pass catchers and Easton Stick is not enough. Will not should not be enough to prevent a Bills team that's to Anthony's point streaking, playing probably their best football of the, especially offensively. Yeah, they're running with Cook season. all day. They let Cook cook. It's, yeah, since since they they got rid of Ken Dorsey as the, as the offensive coordinator and, and made the switch there. They've been playing incredible football offensively. So 
And to me, it's to me the question that I have is: Are the Chargers offensively going to be able to uh, stay with the Bills? And I yes. think the answer to that to me the answer to that question is no. And I think that that's going to be. Yeah, I, I their defense has been hard. I don't I don't see their defense getting any better. <laughs> like I don't see their defense getting any better. This you know, with all of the talent that they have on that side of the ball, they've just been bad, and I think they're going to continue to be bad. And I don't think this offense is capable of scoring enough to stay with the Bills. So I'm going to take the Bills. It's too high for me. It's too high for me to take this as a best bet. But I'm going to take the Bills and the over. I think this one gets. I think this one gets. You know, if if the Bills do what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. they're going to hold there. They're going to hold the Chargers under 14 points. I would say okay. this goes somewhere like 34 to 13 is where I would where I would leave it. Okay. And the Bills. And win this one pretty easily. Next up, we have the first Sunday game of the week: the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be my first lock of the week. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are on their fifth different quarterback this year. I forgot the young man's name. I want to say it's Nick Mullins. Last time I heard about him, he was playing yeah. for the Florida Gators. Uh, he managed to not get a win last week, but he played well. I'm taking the Lions. They're minus three on the road. They lit up the Saints. I look at the Saints similar fashion to the way I look at Minnesota, a team that has a really good defense that may be able to stop you from scoring. But the fact that this over-under is 44 and a half. No, take that back. That This is 47 and a half points. 47 points is kind of nuts. I think the Lions will beat them by a touchdown, and I think it will be easy. Justin Jefferson is still uh, has nagging injuries, and he's their best offensive player. Minnesota literally cannot run the ball. They cannot run the ball. They're probably auditioning running backs right now. They have no rushing offense. The Lions will be able to tee off, even with just one pass rusher. Aiden Hutchinson is probably going to get two sacks in this game. I bet that is a bet. I bet that is a uh, prop bet. Malik, who do you got? Yeah, you're right, Ace. Aiden Hutchinson is overdue for a sack. Um, he hasn't had, I believe he hasn't had a sack since week six or week seven. Um mostly because of the fact that they don't have yeah he's basically being double and triple teamed on on rushes he's still like one of the top uh leaders in the league in pressures despite the fact that he doesn't have a lot of sacks but anyway um Nick Mullins did play last year or two years ago he played with San Francisco and that was the last time I remember hearing his name um uh you know discussed uh, in the in the NFL circles before he landed up as the starter starting quarterback here in Minnesota, um, <clears throat> this is a big game for Detroit. I worry a little bit about them being a little tight going into this game because this is the game for the division. This is a game you win this game, you win the division, you lock it in, you lock down the division, and you lock down you know at least a home one home field you know, one home game for the playoffs um, and you get to play, you know, for the next two in the next two games for the opportunity to um, to move move further. So I do worry a little bit about them either starting slow. Or, you know, getting a little tight towards the end if they did start out fast. I think this three is the right number. I think this game is close and it gets and the Lions win somewhere between four to six points. So I'm going to take the Lions to win the game, um, but I think this game is going to be closer than people think um, just because of what Minnesota can do defensively with Brian Flores and the, and the kind of type of blitz pressure that he can bring. 
and the fact that I think Detroit just maybe in the beginning is going to play going to be being a little bit tighter and and they may be you know just pressing a little bit trying to you know to take over the game but I think eventually cooler heads figure it out and they win this game by about six so I'm going to take Detroit I'll lock it in it's my first lock of the week Detroit and the over I'm sorry the under all right and who do you got yeah, there's no question about it. I'm taking Detroit under in this one. Look at Nick Mullins' numbers right now. It quite just I can just vomit at that, and then you know move over to the other side and vomit at it again. It, it quite, he just looks like a gym teacher about to come out there and start playing. So I'm gonna go take the Lions and under. Mm, call him a gym teacher. Colts at Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are at home. They are getting they are giving two and a half points to the Colts. The over under is forty four and a half points. And who do you got? I'm skipping this one. I'm taking it quite anybody. Who is it? The Colts and who again? Colts at the Falcons. Colts who are in the playoffs right now. The Falcons. And, uh, and who again? <laughs> Better go ahead and pick this damn game. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to take the Colts and, you know, take the Colts the under this one while I'm picking the Falcons for the coaches are kind of retarded. Um, oops, I can't use that word. Almost screwed up there. The, co- the coaches, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Let's just go with that one to keep you nice and PC. But anyway, I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to take the under in this one. And sooner or later, quite the um, Atlanta's coach is going to get fired. So we're going to go with that one. And we'll make it easy. Atlanta Falcons, Sterling Taylor Heineke, uh, the green lizard. He's a good back and quarterback. I'd like to point out that against the spread, they are 2-5 and five at home, the Atlanta Falcons. Against the spread, Indianapolis Colts are four and two on the road. I'm taking the Colts. Easy pick. Take the over. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, it's a sweep. Uh, I'm taking the Colts here as well, and I'm actually locking this in as my second lock of the week. Um, and you're you didn't you didn't want to go there, but I will go there. If I ever see Arthur Smith in the Kroger, I'm gonna punch <laughs> it because I'm sick and tired. Like, like this guy is just he's annoying. I can't stand him. I don't like him. I don't like looking at his face on the sideline. I'm not even an Atlanta fan, and I just feel for a Falcons fans when they watch this guy coach because you know the only reason that he keeps benching Desmond Ritter is because he can't bench himself. He can't like remove himself from the equation. You know, somebody just has to fire him. You need to Brendan Staley him now and just get this guy out of Dodge. There's no reason. I told you, Ace, on the call last week, on our on our chat last week, I told you they are so good, but they are they are exactly the type of team to lose to the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. And they yeah. absolutely did it. They shit on themselves, and that's what they do. They do this every week. Um, listen to Atlanta, being down here in Georgia, listen to Atlanta fans and listen to the Georgia fans talk about these guys. It's it's absolutely hilarious. There's no way I'm picking them in any game for the remainder of the season as long as Arthur Smith is the coach there. I'm taking Indiana, I'm taking the over, and I'm locking this in as my second lock of the week. All right. Next up, we got Seattle at Tennessee. Tennessee are home dogs, and they are getting three points at home. They're the underdog, and the over-under is 41.5 points. And who do you got? Yeah, Tennessee's going to stay the underdog. I'm going with um, the Seahawks. I think I don't know if Geno's playing on that, but even if he's not playing, I'm still taking Seattle. I'm taking them in the under. All right. This is my second lock of the week. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. Kenneth Walker came back from injury, and he ran all over the Philadelphia Eagles have a really good run defense. Um, I don't believe much in Tennessee. They have a very good coach. They play outside, which may help them. Similar weather than when Seattle plays. They also play outside. Um, they had to play on Thursday, so they're coming off of a short week. 
I'm sorry, they played on Monday night. What am I talking about? Yeah, Monday. And then, so it's a little bit of a short week, but not as short as having to come up on a Thursday or, you know, give them a little more time. I think they'll be able to handle Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is a little bit hurt. They figured out the passing game. They figured out the running game. This team is clicking. And Seattle believes in themselves and their coach. And I think Tennessee's kind of worn down. Um, Tennessee against the spread is three and seven. Past ten. And Seattle Seahawks are five and two. Four, five, and one against the spread. They covered last week. They're going to cover again this week. I'm locking this one. Yeah, yeah. Seattle is seven and seven. That win against Philadelphia was really huge for them because outside of that, the other next three, the next three games on the schedule, there's the next two games after this Tennessee game on the schedule is <clears throat> uh, home against Pittsburgh and then at Arizona to finish the season. Um, and so they could very easily finish this finish this season up with 10 wins. Um, but they have to go to Tennessee and get this dub. I'm going to take them as well. Not best betting it because obviously we saw what Tennessee is capable of doing when everything goes right. Um, as you mentioned, they do have a pretty good head coach in, in Mike Rabel. Um, Will Levis is not a slouch at quarterback. He's still a rookie. So he's not he's making some great plays, but he's making some bonehead plays as well. Uh, Derrick Henry is still capable of taking over a game um, with a run uh, from that perspective. So it, there's a lot of things that could go, you know, things could go well for Tennessee and they could absolutely cover this number or win it outright. But I'm going to pick Seattle. I think they're trending upwards and they're going to ride this momentum on the Philadelphia, on the Philadelphia game uh, all the way through to a 10 and seven season and really challenge for a playoff spot if they don't they don't win it outright. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take Seattle. And I'll take the under this one. No best bet, though. All right. Next up, we have the Washington Commanders at the New Jersey Jets. The Jets are three-point favorites at home. And the over-under is 37.5 points. And I'm going to go to you first on this one. Do I have to talk about this? You don't. Anyway, it's going to be the greatest game of all time. I don't know if anybody noticed this. I put it up on my personal post. And I might put it up in the um in our group in our group um later on. Is the 32nd ranked offense versus the 32nd ranked defense the greatest game of all time or between two suck ass teams? But anyway, I want to take I'm gonna take a Washington. I'm taking the um under in this one. The Jets can't score a lick. Zach Wilson's gonna be out. Um, Clint, I don't trust the backup guy. He sucks. He's a piece of crap. You know, he's, his name's that Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Simeon. You can whatever. Anyway, I'm not gonna stretch the time any longer. Taking the, the Washington and the and the under, but I want to be surprised if Jets pull some BS because they all screw up around this time of year and start winning all of a sudden just so we can get out of, of draft picks. That's how we lost Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. And that is exactly why I am taking the Jets. It's weakness on weakness. <laughs> the weakest offense against the weakest defense. And offense usually tends to win against defense. Ron Rivera is going to get fired. Um he had a good run. He got to the Super Bowl. I think Eric Bieniemy is doing a great job making Sam Howell look competent. I don't know who's playing quarterback for either of these teams. I'm not even sure Sam Howell's going to play. You Terry know what? I wish Eric is a good receiver, and so is Garrett Wilson. But who's going to get them the ball? And I believe in the Jets running back more. What was that, Ant? No, I was just going to say I wish that after the season Eric Bieniemy comes to the Jets, but that's just me. I want to be my you know, offensive coordinator. Honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers is pulling the strings, and Salah's coming back. Uh, yeah, I don't mind Salah coming back, but that, that joke of OC coming back. He might be the head coach in Carolina. Who knows? He might be the head coach in, for the Chargers. Who knows? 
Actually, what's the name they might get fired, and Eric Bieniemy might be the co- the interim coach this year for Washington, and might lead into next year. If that would be amazing if they actually gave him that shot, especially with Magic Johnson as one of the minority owners, that'd be cool. But the Jets are going to win this game. Uh, they're going to move down in the pecking order in terms of their draft choice, but they'll still have a top ten pick. Malik, who do you got? So I'm not going to best. I wouldn't best bet either 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 side on this. What I will best, I would like to best bet the under. The Jets just haven't shown an ability to score score any points. Um, <clears throat> to score points, yeah. consistency, yeah, consistently already. So I think this game is going hella under, and I think that the Jets' defense is is going to be looking to you know get a measure of respect back after the the loss to Miami last week. So I would expect the Jets' defense to come out play well, um, and and make life very difficult for Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett if he's going to be the starter uh, and this Washington offense. Um, I would be interested to see if Brian Robinson is going to be playing. He didn't play last week um, for Washington, and that would have been probably, you know, he, he's, he's been, uh, been probably the only the sole bright spot on that team over the course of the season this, so thus far. Um, but their offense, Washington's offense is supposed to be, had, had, had been good for, you know, a stretch. Um, during the during the season, and they've now just crashed back to earth. So um, the thing I'm most scared about, obviously, is whether the Jets can muster up some points. I think they will. I think this will go somewhere like along the lines of like 13-6, one way or the other. I'll take the Jets just because they're a home dog. But um, I don't want to best bet this. I do want to best bet that under, though. I guess the game's going to be 5-2. or two. That's going to be my score prediction. <laughs> wow. That'd be amazing if they could. I, I feel bad for you, Ant, just because I have a feeling because I have a, you're going to watch this as a, as a fan. You're still going to watch this game. You know, you're still going to watch and you're going to cheer for this game. I, it's going to. I have to pay eighty dollars a month for that stupid right. ass. Um, what's the name? <laughs> the YouTube Sunday crap. Ticket. I'm wasting my money. Yeah. On Sunday ticket. <laughs> yeah, the Sunday ticket. P.S. It's going to be six three at halftime, and you're going to be sitting there like you know, just scratching your eyes out. I got a question. And we're going to be at Amazon Prime next week for Thursday. Will you wait until the middle of the season next year to buy that? Do you find out the Jets are good or not if you want to watch every game? Uh, I might, I might be dumb enough to buy it again, the whole thing. All right, because it was, it was, it was very exciting with that home, that first game when Aaron Rodgers first came out. I was so happy to actually have you know something to watch it on. That's fair. usually I try. Usually I kind of do it the back way. Back way, if people don't know the back way how to do it. Just go to Facebook, do you, you know, put the teams, and then you can actually <laughs> see the game. You know. Do you want him to come back this year? He better no, not this year. With that okay. that offensive line is made out of chewing gum. Hell no. All right, Corey. What's the name? What's the name needs to go too? Um, what's the name of that dude? I forgot his name already. Because that, yeah, that's how Beck. That's how that's how he doesn't exist to me anymore. Beck thing. Yeah, that that dude is a New York City turnstile from the nineteen eighties. You remember the old ones with the, the twist around that looked like one of those little spin top things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he was one of those things. He just moved out the way. All right. Green Bay at Carolina. <laughs> Carolina won their second game of the season. They're getting four and a half points. You know, I love a home underdog. Green Bay managed to lose the game. They are likely not going to make the playoffs. They're still technically in it. The over-under is 37 and a half because that's what Carolina does to everybody. They drag you down into the dirt and don't let you score. Ant, who do you got? I'm going with my fantasy pick here because I picked up Green Bay's defense. So I'm going to take a Green Bay and I'm taking the over, um, the under in this one. Carolina is just help record, just keep on, keep on going. They're helping the Bears out, so they got to keep that number one pick. Let's go, let's go for for the Bears get the number one pick. So go to Green Bay, make it. All right. 
Make that about second lock of the week. Wow. I'm taking Carolina. Um, they just for they they won the game, so they're gonna have the momentum in their favor. I think they can lose this game by a field goal. The four and a half is key. If it creeps up next time Carolina's seven, gonna win, it's gonna be next year around this time, Ace. They're going to get two wins in one month. This will shock all of their fans. They won't have to sell 45-cent tickets again. And this will probably be another 45-cent tickets? Game. They sold 45-cent tickets to the 300 section. At <laughs> yes, I saw there. that. That was awesome. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if I would have shown up in a torrential rainstorm for 45 cents. Those beers would have had me <laughs> $5. And they would have had to take me home in a wheelbarrow after how much I drank. Only if scalpels could even sell their tickets. Seriously. Malik. What do you got? <laughs> um, so Green Bay's lost their last two games, um, and they're they're starting to reel. But one of the things that you know about Green Bay, at the very least, one of the things that seems to be consistent about Green Bay is they 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 can score. Um, they seem to have, you know, found their stride in terms of the scoring ability uh, of this team, and so they've been able to score to over twenty points in both of those losses. I think that that bodes well for them against the Carolina team that still doesn't score the ball well uh, and hasn't scored 20 points since week, I want to say, since the game against Miami was the last time they scored over 20 points. They lost that game 42 to 21. Since then, it's been uh, 15, 13, 13, 10, 10, 18, 6, and then a win last week against Atlanta where they scored a total of 9 points. So, team's not been able to score the football, regardless of who's who's coaching, who's the OC. You know, Bryce Young still hasn't figured out how to get it done yet. And Green Bay is, is scoring, scoring the ball. So, I just think I'm going to stick with the, the team and the offense that's, you know, putting up points. If I need, if, if there's one side of the side of the coin here that I think is going to get to 20 points, it's going to be Green Bay. So, I'll take Green Bay and the under in this one. Um, and I'll ride out that four and a half points. No problem. All right. Next up, we got Cleveland at the Houston Texans. Cleveland is favored minus one, minus two and a half, and the over under is forty points. And who do you got? Um, the same bet that everybody might be doing is just taking Cleveland, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm taking Houston. I'm taking Houston to end the um, points over here, and that's going to be my um third lock of the week. I am wow. Sorry to be on Texas, you, but I'm yeah betting on Texas. I am betting on Joe Flacco and them boys coming down from Cleveland. Um, the fact that they were able to do what they did against the Bears, even though the Bears kind of shut down their run, they were able to throw on them. He threw three interceptions to still win that game. That's the Bears. Bears are the only team this season to have three to generate three turnovers in two straight in two different games and lose both of those games. They always find a way to lose at the end. I don't know what that is. I think it's the offensive coordinator and him not understanding how to use the players that he has on that team. But uh, I believe in Cleveland. I believe in Joe Flacco. I don't know what it is. That offensive line is giving him protection. And um, it looks like he's trying to steal Deshaun Watson's job. That's all I do know. This would have been a game for the nasty man to come back down to Houston and do, you know, deal with the fans booing him. But he don't even got to be there. This is perfect for them. Um Cleveland's going to put the beating down on Houston. They got their backup quarterback in. C.J. Stroud, I don't believe, is trending towards playing. He's not in the concussion. He's not out of the protocol yet. I believe in Cleveland heavy. Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, they're going to make it happen. Somehow, someway, they're going to do it. Go ahead, Malik. Third Were lock. you locking this in? This is your yeah. lock, too. Okay. Yep. Third all right. Lock so, yeah, I think, so this is the first game this week where we're all, we're all locking in, are locking in our picks here. I'm locking in Cleveland as well, Ace. 
Um, yeah, I think everything that you said, for all the reasons that you said, Joe Flacco is playing great football um, right now. He's rejuvenated. And maybe this might be the key for a player of his age and experiences, you know, find an opportunity that, that presents itself, you know, around week 13, 12, you know, you don't have to go through training camp because, you know, he's been in the league forever. So he, training camp means nothing to him. Um, he doesn't have to do any of that stuff. He can just come in behind a decent offensive line and, and, and make plays and just put the ball into the playmaker's hands and let them go ahead and, and make something happen. That's what he's doing. Um, He's done it two straight weeks, and it looks pretty good doing it. Um, the fact that Shroud is still not looking, at, not trending towards playing, um, to me, doesn't bode well for the Houston offense, especially since they didn't. They also lost Tank Dell, and they, a lot of their uh, their best players just haven't been capable of of being able to play. Now they are coming off of a big win. Um, that win against Tennessee was 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 big. It was great to see, um, and I'm I'm glad that they're still you know playing and fighting hard. But Cleveland's just a better team here. They've got a good – they've still got that uh, a top-notch defense in the NFL, and uh, they should come – they should go in and take care of business against um, against against the Texans and continue to keep their playoff hopes alive. I think the playoffs started right now. They'd be in the playoffs. So keep those playoffs hopes alive. Keep keep the, keep moving the, moving the thing forward and keep Flacco upright, and they should be perfectly fine. So I'm going to take Cleveland and the over, and I'm locking this as my third lock of the week. All right. Got the first four o'clock game on Sunday with Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks are three point favorites, and the over under is forty one and a half. And who do you got? Um, I want to go with Tampa Bay because I've been hearing things rumblings about um Trevor Lawrence that he might not be playing. So I'm gonna go take Tampa Bay here. Tampa Bay has a, ch- a chance to actually make some waves and actually maybe get into the playoffs. So I'm going to go with them, and I'm taking the under this win. I agree with you. I'm taking Tampa as well, and I'm taking the under. Um, you can count on Mount Evans for a touchdown. Jacksonville's linebackers, for whatever reason, have not been playing very well. Um, Tampa usually tends to win at home. They've been doing pretty good. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. They need this win to kind of lock up their division. Any team with a winning record in the NFC South is going to take it. From the looks of it, and if they win this game, they're pretty much in. And Jacksonville cannot run the ball, and that's a bad, bad problem to have. Go ahead, Malik. It's interesting. You know, the interesting thing here is, is uh, with as good as Tampa has been, or with as interestingly good as Tampa has been, especially winning the last three games, um, they haven't been very good on that home. Well, at least Baker Mayfield has not been very good at home this year. Um, but they have been good at rushing the football and that, and Rashad white is, is having a very good season, um, for them. And they've limited the amount of mistakes and the amount of the amount they're asking, of Baker Mayfield and that passing off is doing. So Baker, although it's, you know, met some problems for Chris Godwin in my fantasy team, um, it has not, it, it's both would be pretty well for them, um, for the, for the 10 Bay Buccaneers on the scoreboard. And I think that's going to continue, uh, this is probably the type of the style of game that Todd Bowles wanted to play all along, running the football, controlling the clock, and playing with his playing with the lead with the def- with his defense. And that's what he's doing, and he's doing it pretty well uh, with their the, the last three victories. And that victory at Green Bay last week was was pretty damn impressive, winning by two touchdowns in there against a Green Bay team that had lost, but you know was you know had been a, had been a pretty good team. 
uh, for the last for the last month or so. So yeah, I'm gonna roll with, roll with Tampa Bay as well here. Um, it's a little bit of a home game for the Jacksonville Jaguars since they don't play too far away from Tampa Bay, but you know their fans don't travel the way a lot of other teams' fans do. So uh, I don't expect they, I don't expect them to have any home cooking in that in that field. Raymond James Stadium is gonna be rocking. Tampa Bay is gonna be looking for looking for to uh, you know win their win their division, and yeah, should should go pretty well for them. So Tampa Bay and the over. All right. Next up, we have the Arizona Cardinals at my Chicago Bears. The Bears are favored by four points at home, and the over-under is 43 and a half. I'm taking the Bears here. The Cardinals are playing in the desert. They're going to come in. They're going to be playing on natural grass. They're going to be playing outside in the cold, and the Bears are going to put it on them. They're trying to win games. This team is trying to prove that they want to keep their starting quarterback, and I think they should, and if they keep winning games, it'll give them a reason to. And blowing out a team like this that was able to hold their own with San Francisco will show them a lot. So I'm going to take the Bears and I'm going to take the over. And who do you got? Um, I'm riding with you on this one. Kind of weird, but I'm taking the Bears too, and I'm taking the over in this one. I, I, Arizona be make, making a little um splash here and there, whatever. But I don't. I could actually see this battling out a little bit here at the end. See what happens, but Justin Fields definitely fighting for his job. So I'm going to take quite Chicago in this one and quite have Justin Fields win this one. All right, Malik, who are you taking? I'm curious, Ace. What's the weather prediction in this game? Do you do you have a prediction for this? Does, is there a weather forecast for this game right now? Uh, I yeah. Give me one second. I believe it's supposed to be in like the 30s because it's being played at like three four o'clock. But um, okay. Yeah, I believe that's what it's at. Yeah. If it's not too cold, I like Arizona to cover the number. I think four points is just a bit much to give um to to give away as a Chicago if you're Chicago. Chicago's best win best win this season was against Detroit two weeks ago at home, um, where they were getting three points. Uh and they and they beat Detroit by fifteen. Um, but outside of that, they really haven't, their wins have been by relatively small numbers and their losses have been, you know, up and down, but their losses have been relatively big, you know, with the exception of a couple of, you know, a couple of games here and there. So as a result of that, outside of that Washington game and that Vegas game, I think the Bears are going to keep this game relatively close. I think the Bears and the Cardinals keep this game relatively close. I like the four here. Not a lock, not a best bet or anything like that, but I like the four here, uh, and I'll take it, especially if it turns up to four and a half. I'll definitely take that. Um, yeah, I'll take the Cardinals and, and Kyler Murray. The only thing I would say is if this game gets to, like, if it's 25 degrees outside, yeah. Um, then may, maybe I'm going to trend more towards the Bears because Justin Fields' running ability is going to be really difficult for Arizona to, to, to contend with. But uh, I like the I like the points here. So I'll take Arizona and the under. Um, what, but it's all, it's all weather dependent for me. What right? time is this game? It's going to be at 4.30, so it's going to be getting dark in Chicago. And it's, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a 47 degrees. It's going to be um, raining. Rain is going to be stopping about then. Okay. Okay. So, it'll so be, yeah, it'll be in the forty-nine high degrees. I mean, so forty-nine degrees, and it's going to be pretty, pretty solid. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah, I think that's. Uh. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think it's a it's decent weather. 
Uh, rain's not going to be a problem. I'll take the Cardinals to to stay with them. I don't think they'll win the game, but I think they stay with them. Both of these teams just fight for respect right now, right? Uh, yeah. Well, the Bears yeah. aren't technically eliminated. If they went out, they have to win all of these games, and they needed to win last week, but it's still highly unlikely because they'll have a losing record. They'll be 8-9. I think it's the same thing for Arizona. They might be still – I think they still need it too, right? Technically, yeah. Well, Arizona's one game. Well, Arizona's like – yeah, Arizona. Arizona I think – look, percentage-wise, like this, yes, they're not mathematically out, but percentage-wise, both of these teams are pretty much out. I think the Bears yeah. are in a better situation because they own Carolina's pick, right? So it behooves them to win as many games as possible. Um to get themselves a, a, a you know a better opportunity, um, and then they can deal that number one overall pick that Carolina is going to be giving them. They can either deal that for more picks or make the make the make the selection of Marvin Harrison Jr. And keep it moving. Yeah, and Kyler's playing I'm, his I, job Ace, as well. Ace, I'm under the impression I'm I'm banking it. Lock this in. Justin Fields is going to be a quarterback. I wow. So too. I want him. So you think you think the first round the first pick is going to be Marvin Harrison then? Nah, no, I think, I, think, I, think, I think the Bears. Yeah, I think the Bears will trade that pick. I yeah, honestly, think, I honestly think uh, <laughs> you'll hate me for saying this, but it would not surprise me if the New England Patriots decided to move up. But they're number two right now. Yeah, and it would not surprise me if they decided to move up to number one, go up one spot to number one to have their choice of Caleb Williams or Drake May. Hmm. You know what? I'll be afraid of that if Bill Belichick is still still a coach at the end of this year. Can't imagine they would fire him, but they have leaked that story. They know the Patriots know what it feels like to not have a franchise quarterback, and they know what it feels like to have one. And if they feel like their their guy is sitting there waiting, yeah, I think they go get him. So, all right, the first, the second biggest game at four o'clock. We have the Dallas Cowboys at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by one point, and the over-under is the highest of all of them for the week. It's 49 and a half points. And what do you got? I'm guessing the Bears game was the biggest game of the night. But anyway, I'm going to go with Dallas on this one. My, Miami, the only time Miami has won in the last two games was against my pitiful Jets. They got their behinds beat the week before that. Dallas is more of a competent team, and Dallas is, quite, is definitely looking into – what, ride this into beating some good teams here. So I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm taking the under in this one. This is going to be my fourth lock of the week. I am locking in the Miami Dolphins. They're good at home. The Cowboys are terrible on the road. Um, they're the faster team. Tyree Kill is trending towards playing. He's been practicing all week in limited fashion and practice today. They got Mostert. They got A-Chan. They got a better quarterback. Uh, Dak Prescott under pressure doesn't play well. He doesn't know how to use his weapons, and they cannot run the ball. And they got good pass rushers in Miami and good cover guys. It's going up against Jalen Ramsey, and the Bills gave everybody the blueprint on how to beat Dallas, and I think Miami can do it the same exact way. I'm locking in Miami for my fourth lock of the week. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I'm rolling with Miami here, too. Um, I think this is – neither one of these teams has shown the inability to beat teams with winning records so even though both these teams are 10 and 4 they're i think they're combined one and seven or one and eight against teams with winning records like they're just not good against good against good teams and they're playing each other and they're both good teams so um take the home take the home team here um i like the one point 
the fact that they only have to win by two because um, this game could be really high scoring and get really, get get up there on the number. But I think this is a I think this is a field goal game potentially. Um, and so because of that, because the number is so low, I'm going to take Miami to win this game at home and I'll take the, I'll take the over, I'll take Miami and I'm locking this in as my fourth lock of the week as well. Wait, we all three of us locked on this game as well? Did you lock Dallas? Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, we're all locked. We're all locked. Oh, wow. This is the second game that we all three locked. All three of us is locked in, I think. Yeah. That's the second. Locked in. And for the one of the worst uh, Sunday Night Football games we'll probably see all year, we have the New England Patriots at the Denver Broncos. Thank God they're on the road. The pass again, seven points. The over-under is 34 and a half points. I lean towards the under. But, Ant, who do you got? I'm taking Denver and the under. Of course, this week, Sean Payton is not going to be yelling at Russell Wilson on the sidelines. New England looks like they're a doormat this year, and I think the trend is going to continue. New England's on the side. On a, it looks like they're trying to tank. So I'm going to go with that. The tank is on with New England. And I'm afraid they may actually end up with the number one pick somehow, just like how you guys were mentioning before. But anyway, taking Denver. There's not going to be a lock, but I'm taking the under in this one. Denver's still trying to make the playoffs. They still got a little bit of hope. So I'm taking Denver as well. This game could probably end up being a push. I'm not going to be focused on it at all. Um, I'm leaning more towards the under unless Denver just comes out and tries to destroy them. But Pats have been playing so many low-scoring games. This almost feels like a lot taking under 34.5 points. So, yeah, Malik. Yeah, I'm taking – we're sweeping this. I'm taking Denver, and I actually am locking this in as, as my fourth – as my fifth lock of the week. Um, I, I I think that Denver lost I, – I, we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, Detroit and how Detroit smoked Denver in that game uh, last week. I think the Denver loss was just a schedule. I think that was a schedule loss, honestly. That was a game that they were likely to lose regardless, just because this was their the third straight road game that they were playing in. Um, it just didn't they would just they were just it was one of those games where, you know, you just kind of chalk that one up to say, like, yeah, we just didn't have it that night. Um, but they know it was an out of conference game. It had little to no impact on their playoff uh projections, their playoff hopes. Um, they weren't going to win the division anyway, uh, even though they were only one game behind KC at the time. Um, they're now they're two games behind KC, um, and so they, they didn't really hurt their hurt their playoff chances. But they what to help their playoff chances, they just need to get another couple of wins. And if they get a couple of wins, get themselves to nine and seven, then that last game of the season against, if I'm not mistaken, against KC. No, that's not KC. Against the uh, the Chargers. They can win that game, get the ten to get the ten victories, Correct. and make it very interesting getting into the playoffs. So I think Denver rolls here, uh, rolls over the Patriots and and smokes them out. So I'm gonna take the I'll take Denver. I'll lay the, lay the seven and I'll lock this in as my last lock of the week. Denver is basically hoping somehow the Bills stumble and also the Bengals stumble because they can catch some of the rest of those teams. The AFC is kind of it's interesting. There's so many like mid to good teams in that conference this year. The NFC is a little bit worse because of the NFC South and how terrible they've been. But now to the Christmas Day games, we have... No, I'm sorry. Denver closes with the Chargers and the Raiders. Sorry, it's Chargers after this and then the Raiders to close up the season. So, yeah. They could win 10 games and still not make the playoffs because everybody... They could. These next three. They could. We'll see. 
Buffalo Las still Vegas. has to play Miami, though. We'll see. That's true. Las Vegas and Kansas City. Kansas City is getting is giving ten points to Las Vegas at home. I don't know if uh, I don't know if what's her name Taylor Swift is going to be in attendance. She's not been bringing them good luck as of late. The over-under is 40 and a half. I am taking Las Vegas to cover. I think they can win by 10. Um, not win by 10. I think they can stay within a touchdown of them. Kansas City has a ton of drops. Las Vegas plays really, really hard. And Kansas City's defense is just not clicking like it was. This is an outdoor game, and Vegas might struggle with that a bit. But I don't think it's going to be much of a time zone change, so they should be good. So I'm taking uh, Vegas to cover here. And who do you got? Um, yeah, um, Vegas has been playing hard ever since Antonio Pierce been in there. But KC has been having trouble with their receivers, even though they've been trying to cover it up by blaming the reps. Um, I'm gonna go with KC in this one. This is they they push to get to the um to try to this is their version of trying to get pushed to get to the first first seed. So I'm gonna take KC and I'm gonna take the um over in this one. And I, you know, I'm not gonna make this my lock, but that's gonna be my pick. I am elite. Um, I like I like what Vegas is doing. Um, I've liked what they've done since they made the move to Antonio Pierce um as the head coach. Um, I hope that they wind up keeping him as the head coach. I I hope they take that interim tag off of him and let him let him coach this thing out. Um I think KC wins, but I think that number I think that ten is just a little bit is a little bit much to give to um to give to the Raiders here uh, with Casey still struggling to muster point to, to come up with some points and any consistency. Uh, so I think even though Patrick Mahomes is who Patrick Mahomes is and the Raiders are, you know, the, the chiefs are a better, better overall team than the Raiders. Um, I think they're able to keep it close divisional game. You know, um, they're going to be able to, to, to keep it within the number. I think within 10 is, is good. I like, I like getting 10 here. Uh, in this situation. So I'll take the 10 and I will roll with the Raiders and the under. All right. We got the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are giving the Giants 13 and a half points and the over-under is 43. Ants, who do you got? Um, I'm taking the, the tush, push, brotherly love, brotherly love, shubby above, whatever the hell you want to call them. I'm taking them and I'm taking the taking that in the over in this one day. They're gonna have to. They're trying to make their comeback here. They've been losing. They lost two straight in a row. Two straight in a row, I think. Correct. Um, to other teams, they, they got three. Three, in a row. three, yes, three, three in a row plus my Jets for some strange reason. But anyway, um, they need to reach. They need to straighten themselves out and they push back into the um, to being the the dominant team in the NFC. So this is gonna be their start, even though they pick it on the Giants, who's gonna basically not really getting into the playoffs. But I'm gonna go with them. Philadelphia and the over, and this is going to be my last lock of the week. All right. I'm taking Giants to cover. Um, I do not know why, but I just believe that this is just too many points. The Eagles are clearly going to win. Um, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is actually going to play this game. Mariota may actually play. Um, I don't. I think it's going to get a game where they're going to try to give him some rest. I don't believe so much in the Giants offense, and Vito was kind of showing the door last week against the Saints. I, they still have Saquon Barkley. They still have a pretty good defense. They're not devoid of talent, the Giants. They just are struggling right now. And Tommy DeVito's, you know, made himself some money. So he's going to stick around a little bit longer, score a few touchdowns, and keep this one close until they lose by 10 at the end. Go ahead, Malik. 
Um, I, I don't watching the Giants play against the Saints, who I just watched lose against uh against a, a better Rams team. Um, even though they did they did make the they did make it interesting. Um, lost by only eight. Um, that tells me that the Giants were riding this Tommy DeVito wave. I think we know he knew this. Tommy the Tommy DeVito wave was cool. It was fun. It was interesting. It was something something the past time, but that's pretty much over now. Tyrod Taylor, I believe Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback, which actually to me bodes a little bit better for the Giants because of his ability to, because he's a vet and he's ability to run 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 with the ball, uh, make plays happen with his feet. So maybe that trends things a little bit in the in the Giants' direction here uh, to to cover the number. Um, because the number is just a big one at thirteen and a half, but I think honestly, I think the the the, the Eagles should win this game by fourteen. Uh, pretty easily at home against a Giants team that just doesn't have the, the horses to, to hang with them. So um, I'm going to take the Eagles here. I think they win it by 14. Not obviously, I don't have any more best bets, so this is not not a lock for me. But uh, I think I think they win this pretty handily, pretty easily against the Giants. All right. And the final game of the week, we got three Christmas Day games, and this is the eight o'clock Monday Night Football one. We have Baltimore at San Francisco. Baltimore is getting five and a half points, and the over/under is forty-seven points. Oh wow! I'm sorry, I just got some breaking news about that uh, pitcher. That's upsetting. Baltimore, the Japanese one. Yep. He signed with he signed with the Dodgers on a twelve-year agreement for three hundred twenty-five million dollars. Wow. The rich are getting richer. <laughs> Wow. If the Dodgers uh-huh. somehow get bounced out of the uh, playoffs next year, they won't have any more excuses. Yoshinobu. They don't have any excuses now. They're trash. Yamamoto. I don't know. They won 102 games, right? They're trash. They're trash. They're trash. Yeah. Rolly, you You're one team that you kind of care about. You're trash. <laughs> one of the three teams you kind of care about. Uh, Baltimore and San Francisco, I'm locking in Baltimore. They have the fastest linebackers in the league. Outside of San Francisco, they have the second-best linebacking core, arguably 1A and 1B with them. I really believe in my Ravens. Raven oh, not this again. We're here for it. And I need the Ravens to win this game so they can finish with the best league in the NFL and show everybody that they're the best team in the league. And you can continue your bandwagon. And I can – Stay where I've been since 1996. Stop your lying! Jonathan Ogden was drafted. Ah. I've been a fan for that long. Don't doubt me. One of the only teams in the AFC that has already locked in a playoff spot. They got 11-3. and three, Playing the only other 11-win team in the league. I'm here and for And I'm it. the mayor of San, San Antonio. The mayor of San Andreas, in your mind. Um, yeah, so is you a fan of the, of the Ravens? If anybody can beat San Francisco in full strength, it would be Baltimore because running quarterbacks do give them trouble. If San Francisco can lose to the Bears last year, they can definitely lose to Baltimore this year. I'm locking it in. Let's go. Ravens up. Get in. Yeah, that's a bad bet, everybody. Don't even follow this guy. He's he's doing the, the fake bandwagon thing. Go the opposite way. Take, take, take the 49ers and take the under this one. This would be my sixth lock of the week if I had one. Big fan. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't 
don't know, and I, I I think Aces Aces made some pretty decent points about, especially about Lamar Jackson. We we know we know that Lamar Jackson, you know, is capable of wrecking, real wrecking a defensive year. game plan. He's 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 just capable of wrecking defensive game plans with his ability to run with the football, um, extend plays, just make things really difficult for for the opposing defense. Uh, this game is on the road, so I actually don't expect them to win this game. I think San Francisco wins this game, but I think this game is relatively close and gets gets. And, to, and Baltimore is able to stay under the number at five and a half points. I like Baltimore here. I like I like to give you know that many points to a team that's this good. Um, I think that they're they're going to be able to keep it within the number and 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 you know make this game very interesting and move, may, maybe lose by three or four points you know late late in the game. Um, they're going to win it. I think it's going to be a really good game, really interesting game, really fun game to watch. Um, that Baltimore can absolutely cover that five and a half. Uh, Baltimore right now is five and two on the road um, as a as a road as a, as a road play um, and uh, against the spread on the road and San Francisco is only three and three against spread at the against the spread uh, at home uh, so far so um, they and this is the only the second game of the season that the Baltimore Ravens are coming in as an underdog uh, and they're right. one and zero so far so. You know, this is not this is unfamiliar territory, and you're getting five points. Yeah, take this all day. So I'm going to roll with Baltimore and the over in this game. All right, there you have it, folks. Those are all of our picks for this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We are going to get into our shoutouts. And do you have any shoutouts? Um, yes, I got one special shout out. So, um, Zach Wilson, last week was the last week. I believe you'll be wearing a jet uniform. Unfortunately, but the offensive line disappeared on you, and you got the NFL version of going to Pound Town as the defensive was kept on slamming you around. Hey, and you anyway, I don't know what you was thinking about <laughs> on that one, but <laughs> anyway. The milf the milfman milfman the milfman master got got his behind smashed. If I can't. <laughs> Sorry. You're ridiculous. You're just, anyway, you're just going all the way in. Right, go ahead. But, but anyway, um, shout outs to you. Hopefully you do better on another team because it, quite obviously the Jets fans, me, myself included, have to include myself in this one. Didn't respect you for the last three years. Didn't point back you back you on your end. Aaron Rodgers is talking about being there for two two more years. The Jets obviously going to be trading you out there where you might get a second or third round pick for you just because we, we might blo- we might make you look a little bit good. Shout out to you. And, and then also, my last shout out is an extreme good shout out, special shout out to John McClain, a.k.a. Bruce Willis, for coming out with the greatest Christmas movie of all time because that's what I'll be watching on Christmas Day. That's my tradition I've been doing for the last couple of years that since I've been down here in, in San Antonio. My Christmas tradition, wake up. Watch Die Hard because that's the ultimate best Christmas movie of all time. Fight me on that. Anyway, right. don't my shout outs. I have one shout out, and that is to Alan Houston, who I discovered uh, this 23 years ago, the only player in Knicks history to score 37 points. I have zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, and zero blocks. Somehow, all he could do was score, and we gave him $100 million anyway. So on the anniversary of this terrible contract, we gave out. I'd like to remind it's called, the Bears. It's to a guard. I'd like to bet on the Bears to take a player who they've already taken and believe in him and believe in Justin Fields and bet on that man. To everybody else, keep following some of our best bets, and I'm out.
Emily. Yeah, just two quick shout outs here today. Um, shout out to the, I don't know if you guys, well, you guys probably didn't get a chance to see it. Shout out today, shout out to the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, and, the, and the fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Clippers are playing in OKC right now. Um, and I didn't realize this, but it was only the first or second time. I think it was the first time since Russell Westbrook left, left. Oh, this is the second time since he left uh, OKC that he's played in in OKC, um, and it's just, it just seems weird because it feels like he's been gone from there for a very long time, and he he hasn't. Uh, it's been a while, so they gave him a standing ovation um, when he when he was announced, uh, which was which is really cool. So shout out to those fans for just appreciating. I mean, he gave his all. That's one of the things about Russell Westbrook. He may not have been, you know, the most efficient player, but he was probably one of my favorite players to watch during his. His the best his the best runs of his career because you knew he was going to play hard he was going to give it everything he absolutely had and he was going to play you know a hundred miles a minute so um he, he just he, he's a, he's one of those rare ones that gives you you know like Ant doesn't watch basketball basketball anymore but if he if there were if you know there were five Russell Westbrooks on the floor he 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 would enjoy that because that's the type of basketball that we played as kids and. That's the type of basketball you want to see on a nightly basis. So shout out to shout out to the OKC fans for acknowledging it, representing it, and saying and you know and giving him giving him his flowers uh, while he while they still could see him play out there. Um, and then last but not least, shout out to uh, <laughs> Shannon Sharp and the First Take crew. If you guys didn't hear the hear the First Take this morning, uh, Shannon Sharp kind of went in on Tua. Uh, and to his take on, you know, keeping receipts, uh, which I can't stand that 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 phrase. By the way, I love that. Uh, phrase. I, I keep receipts. It only looks great when he's solid. When he's I keep because nobody like I remember like, what y'all said about me. But but they were right when they said it. <laughs> so it was like when they said it, they were right. And now wrong you now have, though. You have one good game, and now you're wrong. So like the whole point is like. He's he's talking about he's keeping receipts on what people have said about him and that he's not he's not a good quarterback without Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, you're not, dude. You're not. You're just not. Sorry, you're just not that great a quarterback with Tyreek Hill. And if you're if your <laughs> your evidence your evidence of being a good quarterback without Tyreek Hill was that you guys beat the Jets thirty to nothing. Well, sorry to say to you, but the Jets haven't been a good team all year. So it's not like you haven't. You still haven't. Yeah, I kind of admit. Right, you still haven't beat a good team all season. You lost. When Tyreek Hill got got hurt, you lost to the Tennessee Titans at home, and you know now you have a rebound game and you beat the Jets, who weren't able to score on you to score on you. And now you're talking about keeping receipts. Now you're bringing up the fact that people talked about you and that you weren't very good. And one of the things that he said was, you know, and I'm gonna reiterate back to what Cam Newton was saying about uh, last week about you know game managing quarterbacks and this is what they do and this is who they are. And he named named Tua. Specifically, as one of those game managing quarterbacks, in addition to Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, and, and one other, uh, uh, Brock Purdy. Um, he was right. He didn't say anything wrong. He didn't say anything wrong. And Tua, and and then Tua double. Basically, he he proved Cam Newton's point because he said what he said was, "All I'm doing is trying to, you know, uh, make plays and support my guys to win games. That's what game managers do. That's exactly mm -hmm. what they do." <laughs> They get the ball to Tyreek to, to their best players because they know that they are not the best player. They get the ball to their best players and let them make plays. 
I'm not saying Tua is not an accurate quarterback. I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback. I'm just saying that he's got the best weapons. Him and Brock Purdy probably have the best weapons in the league mm. that they that they throw the ball to. And this is why they're very good. And speaking if they of were Brock playing, Purdy, he's not an MVP candidate. Well, if they were playing behind the Jets offensive line, if they were playing <laughs> they'll go to Pantown. Yeah. If they were playing yeah, behind, yeah. like, you know, if they were playing behind some of these poor offensive lines in the NFL. If they were playing with Brandon Staley as their head coach, like yeah, they wouldn't be very good. They're not well, Arthur Smith. They're not that guy. They're <laughs> not, not that guy. Sorry, <laughs> this is not that guy. So uh, shout out to Shannon and uh, and and Stephen A. And, and the crew there for for you know pointing that out. Oh, Stephen A. wasn't there. But shout out to Shannon for pointing that out um, when when your man Tua stepped up to the podium and started talking about keeping receipts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep those receipts. Keep your receipts because nobody's gonna start. Pe- at no point are people going to say, "Tua, we're wrong about you." It's going to keep you're going to keep proving everybody right, especially when you have to play and you don't have your best guy. So, well, shout out to do, you, shout out to everybody else for standing on their convictions. They standing on business, which is my new favorite stupid saying. Oh God, like that's another one. Say, you know, one of always used to get on my nerves when we were younger when people would be like, "On God, on God, what's God got to do with this?" If you said help me up until this point, what's he gonna do now? You already got you here. What you gonna do? Or real talk. Real talk? You've been lying to me this whole time? The hell were you talking about the past 30 minutes? <laughs> real talk. And real talk, uh Dan Orlovsky don't know what he's talking about. He said, I think Caleb Williams is a more talented player coming out of college than Justin Fields was. He is Lamar Jackson, he's Patrick Mahomes, and he's Josh Allen all combined into one. They're questioning whether or not my man is really six one. He's getting crushed in college by those monsters of um, defensive linemen out of Utah every year and limping off the field. And you telling me he's going to get hit by a defensive tackle and he's going to pop back up in the NFL? No, I don't think so. Does he run a 4-4 like Justin Fields? No, I don't think so. We got this man some talent. We won some games. The offensive line gelled. They won some games. They got a pass rush. The Bears won some games. Stop hating on Fields, man. I'm sorry, but like, if you draft a, a rookie quarterback, you have to start the process all over again. And the only reason to do that is to save money. Stop being cheap, Bears, please. For the family, the McCaskey family that owns that, just keep them. Draft, draft Marvin Harrison. Surround him with talent so we can win. I'm tired of cheering for this team not making the playoffs. I want to see us win the playoffs. Marvin Harrison get that. It also get that tight end as well. Maserati Marv. No, we already got Cole Komet. Maserati Marv. Or you can get an offensive line. Do you guys need one of those? No, actually, you know what? They're rated right in the middle. We're doing pretty well. I'm not even going to lie. The offensive, the former offensive lineman that's the GM is doing his thing. And on that note, we are out. Follow us on Podcast Addict, Podbean. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah to everybody who's paying attention. Um, hope you all spend some time with your families if you can. And if not, I hope you spend it with friends who care about you. Yippee-ki-yay, mother. Listen to everybody. <laughs> listen, listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Please like and subscribe. And I'm gonna keep posting more clips, audio clips, and eventually we will get to video as well. Appreciate y'all. We out.